Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. This is Connor Beeb and you're listening to Why Are People Into That? Hello, Why Are People Into That fans? I am your host, Tina Horn. This is Lucky Episode 13, and my guest is Mitra Kaboli, who produces that other New York City-based sexuality podcast, Audio Smut. Mitra wants to talk about teasing, because she loves to be teased, and she thinks that teasing doesn't get the credit that it deserves. So we talked about the long slow build of foreplay and we of course sort of broke down the concept of the cock tease and realized just how much that is an issue of sexual entitlement and assumptions to me teasing is all about reveling in desire prolonging the consummation so you can really enjoy your yearning, hungry lust until you just can't take it anymore and then you probably appreciate the satisfaction that you get so much more. Also in Adventures in Figurative Language, I compare my pussy to a junkyard dog in this episode so you definitely don't want to miss that. So here it is. Episode 13. Or is it? Okay. Here it comes. Nope. Not yet, you greedy, greedy listeners. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm gonna give it to you now. Here's why are people into teasing. And now I've spoken like a true sound engineer. <laughs> so you're warmed up and ready to go? I'm ready to go. Awesome. Uh, so thanks for coming over, Mitra. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, uh, so Mitra Kubali? Kubali. Kubali! Fuck! That's <laughs> okay. I'm such an asshole. Okay. Um, uh, it, well, so uh, we met because so many people started to say to me, Oh, do you know about Audio Smut? Do you know about Audio Smut? Because you must know about Audio Smut because you are a smutty person and you do audio, so you must know about it. And right. at first I said, I don't know about it, but I'm going to check it out. And then I did check it out, and then I came to your um, thing in Union Docs that was so awesome. And um, even now, still, now that we've met and now that I know you, I still get people saying... Oh, do you know about Audio Smut? So, um, so tell us a little bit about Audio Smut and uh, how it got started. So Audio Smut uh, is a podcast that you can download and listen to. It's about, you know, it kind of takes a critical look at, like, love, sex, and gender, and relationships, and, like, power dynamics. Um, you know, it's not overtly political, mm-hmm. but, you know, I think... The way in which we approach the topics are personal, they're honest, they're intimate. Mm -hmm. And in that way, it's kind of like, you know, it is. Um, I love that, um, like, when you say that it's more personal and political, like, for example, there was one episode recently um, about the natural pocket that was, you know, it was about sex in the sense that it was about the body, in the sense that it was about, like... (laughs) smuggling weed 
in your, your vagina. vagina. Yeah, and uh, I thought that that was such a unique and interesting way yeah. to talk about sex in the body because it really is not. Yeah, that story was totally outsourced. It's by this um, woman named Ruth who pitched it to us. She had like made it for a project. Yeah. At school, and we were like, "This is awesome!" <laughs> <laughs> and like, and I is. She is very talented, mm. so talented, and I want her to be my friend, but she lives in Montana, which is really far away, so. We can be friends from afar. Yeah. Especially in this day and age. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, and, so tell us more about how Audio Smut came to be. Yeah, so Audio Smut started at a radio station in Montreal called CKUT, 90.3 FM, and it was started by a group of sex workers, mm. and the format was, you know... Um, two-way interviews kind of like what we're doing right now and the show I think they left the show and CKUT wanted some people to take it over and they put a call out and some people answered the call um Caitlin the woman that I work with now along with uh a few other people answered the call and they like amassed a team and they you know rewrote a mandate and started kind of working with some iteration of the style that you hear now, like mm. pre-produced stories that are, like, thought out on, you know, on a theme. And it was, it's funny, it, was, it played the last Wednesday of every month at 6 p.m., like, drive time. Wow. And it was, like, raunch then. Yeah. You know, there was no shame ever. And is the, um... Are there the same, like, FCC regulations in Canada? There are regulations. I, obscenity laws in Canada, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, are defined not... There's no, there's no one law. Mm. It is defined by the community and, like, the place that you live. Mm. And so, like, we could do that show in Montreal probably couldn't do it in Vancouver right it's like just generally more conservative Mm -hmm. where Montreal it's pretty liberal and everyone's like free love anyway so (laughs) (laughs) you know Um, that's what I hear yeah uh so yeah we totally got away with it It's, it's kind of funny um and like only once ever got like a call in complaint yeah, I mean, probably mostly people were like, sweet. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, and so, and then I joined the show in, God, I don't even remember. Let's just say 2010. Okay. Uh, and so, and then at that point, like, people had cycled in, cycled out. Caitlin was always there. Yeah. Um, and then so I was working with the show for about two years and then Caitlin moved to New York and she was still kind of working remotely and almost abandoned the show and it was like just me in Montreal being like, guys. So you were in so you joined the show in Montreal. Yeah. Okay. So I went you to were, school there. Sorry. Okay. No, don't be that. sorry. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh-huh. Uh yeah. So and I met uh Caitlin and I met because we worked at the same restaurant and at the time. And, uh, sorry, let me, yeah, so she was in New York and she was kind of thinking of abandoning the show. And I was like, guys, what am I going to do? It's just me now. Uh, And I was trying to make an hour of radio, even though it was once a month. That's still like a lot of content. It totally is. Um, and so what happened? We, we Skyped one day and... She said she, because she's kind of in, like, within a larger public radio community and has been for quite some time. And a lot of her public radio friends were like, no, you should do this show. There's nothing like this. It's totally innovative and it's good and it'll, it's like only going to get better. So we Skype one day. She's like, move to New York and, like, let's do this shit. <laughs> and I was like, and I just kind of, I just finished my degree or like, I was in my last semester of school and I was like, all right. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, that's a good reason to move to New York. <laughs> yeah, so I did, and we've kind of been... And now uh, there still is an audio mode at CKUT. We are not that show. It's different. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, so it's, like, franchised. Kind of, yeah. Syndicated. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, we have the, the podcast, mm. and they still have their show that airs 6 p.m., you know, like, every at the last Wednesday of every month. 
And uh, so we have the podcast and we've over since 2012 been kind of like renewing it every year and like reevaluating it and Mm. like kind of change the we like change the format like subtly every so often Mm -hmm. to like, you know, accommodate um, our needs and like kind of the changing media landscape and things like that. And like really now we have like a pretty well oiled machine that's kind of running on its own. We've got a lot of volunteers who are really awesome and help us out so much and are really talented and it's really amazing. Cool. Yeah. So you were saying that originally that it was more raunchy than it is now. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you changed about it or how did it evolve? It's something that as we are like steadily trying to, we're not like trying to mainstream, but like we are a little bit. You know, we just want like a wider audience. We don't want to alienate people. And like, I don't think there was anything wrong with that time that Jess stuck a microphone up her vagina. But like, yeah, and the th- the piece she made was actually quite beautiful. Wow, I haven't, where can I hear that? I don't, I think I have it somewhere. I can okay, send it to I you. need she, like, to I think hear she, that. I think she made like an album out of it, actually. Oh my God. And I, I, I think I have it on a hard drive. I'll send it to you. Um, she used a contact mic, not a regular mic. Um, good to know. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and, and it's still, the show still is sexy sometimes, but it's not always sexy. And like, you know, we don't want to just be like straight up shocking. Uh, you know, we're not going for shock value. We're just going for like honest representations of sex. Like, so not pornography a lot of times. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, mainstream pornography that is and like not what you see in movies either because that's not really real either but just totally. like what it is porn and movie and and like porn movies are like two different kinds of fiction yeah you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> very much so cool yeah awesome um and so one thing before we get into what we're going to talk about on the show today mm-hmm. i wanted to ask you about something that you were talking about before which is which i really relate to which is the idea that, um, or the fact that because you do this show that has smut in the title uh-huh. and is about sexuality, mm-hmm. although it definitely sounds like, and it also sounds like from what I've listened to of the recent episodes, that it's not about appealing to people's and interest or yeah. being arousing per se or being particularly like outre or, or shocking, um... And yet people expect that just the fact that you do something creative or investigative about sexuality, that that must say something about your personal sexuality. Yeah, that is something that happens quite often, um, to be honest. And it's it's kind of frustrating, um, you know, it, it, like as if I can't be, you know, have this pro like just by way of, like, uttering the word sex that, like, culturally to people says something about me, apparently. Right. And, you know, I think that's kind of fucked up. Like, I think we are all adults and can have adult conversations about sex without being sex monsters. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, uh... So you think that people assume that you're a sex monster? (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Or, you know... But you're not... But you wouldn't identify as a sex monster. I don't identify as a sex monster. Um, I think people think that... I, like, I don't even know how to phrase this. I think people think I'm, in, like, interested in all kinds of kink and things like that. And, like, if they have sex with me, it'll be, like, the craziest thing that's ever happened to them. And it's like, no. It's like, it's, uh, you know, maybe we'll have a vibe and it'll be good. <laughs> Just, like, literally anybody else you have sex with ever. Right. <laughs> like, if we vibe, it'll be good. Like, right. if we have a connection, if we're comfortable around each other, if we like the same things, it'll be good. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes in, uh, like in less intimate situations, but more social situations, there's kind of an assumption that, you know, I'm for lack of a better word, DTF mm-hmm. <laughs> down to fuck, uh, maybe, but like only like maybe just maybe <laughs> just well, like, I'm not more DTF than anybody else. <laughs> right. Well, no, the, the thing that's interesting to me about that is the idea that is this very sexist idea that because you have in your creative or professional 
life opened up something that is about sexuality that that just by virtue of talking to you that somebody has gotten past that like some sort of like first step and now has more intimate access to you because you have like thrown open those doors as if now you're not allowed to define your boundaries for yourself. Yeah, like people think like that because I can openly discuss uh sex uh when I feel like it. Right. That I am willing to do so anytime. I like I've been on a couple like uh I'm like dates, some of them okay cupid, some of them not, doesn't matter. Uh <laughs> in which, like, people just thought they could, like, talk to me about stuff. It's like, dude, we just fucking met. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't, like, I don't want to talk about this right now. <laughs> like, you know what I and mean? When, and, and then when you when And you it's say, uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, I get uncomfortable. Yeah. I have boundaries. Yeah. You know? Well, that's, I mean, that's really <laughs> what it boils down to, is yeah. that you have your own boundaries. Yeah. And, um, uh... Yeah, I mean, I I experience I experience that as well. I um wouldn't necessarily say that I am. Um, here's the thing: like I identify as a big giant slut, and not but and that doesn't mean that I am down to fuck anybody who I go on a date with or who approaches me or who wants to talk to me about my fucking podcast or talk to me about my work. Right? Like just because we're talking about sex doesn't mean that now. We're like, going to have sex. Yeah, we're <laughs> going to have sex. Um, and I am, you know, like, if you have sex with me, it will be unlike, like, any other experience you've ever had. You know, all I'm saying is that, you like, yeah, I, like, and I, I am kinky, and I am, um, a lot of things that I talk about are really raunchy and probably shocking to a lot of people and out there, but I feel like I really relate to you and still have the same experience where it's, like, just because I... Um, into spanking, for example, or will write an article about spanking, or even as a sex worker, like, make a film in which I get spanked, that doesn't mean that I want you to spank me, or that you get to spank me, or that I'm going to enjoy the way that you spank me, because maybe you're not good at spanking, or maybe I just don't want that from you, right? So Yeah, I um, think it just, like, boils down to, like, some sort of, like, entitlement, I don't know. Absolutely, I completely agree. It's a really fucked up sense of entitlement. I mean, I think that people are, like, not even used to women talking about sex, understanding sex, being openly curious about sex. Mm-hmm. And so then it just brings up a bunch of fucking misogynistic assumptions. Yeah. 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 Word. Word. <laughs> yeah, fist pump on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is the, what's the verbal version of a, of a fist pump? Yeah, girl. <laughs> yeah, girl. Or just like a high five. Yeah. High five <laughs> on the radio. Um, cool. So, well, let's segue from there mm-hmm. into um, something related, which is what we settled on to um, talk about today, which is why are people into teasing? <laughs> <laughs> um, and tell me, uh, so just right off the bat, tell me why that was something that you suggested. I really like being teased quite a bit. I mean, there is just like, and I think sometimes foreplay is neglected. Mm. It's just like, let's do this shit. It's like, no, hold up. Like, this is my favorite part. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like, let's slow down. Like, I I find myself, like, constantly telling partners to, like, slow down. Yeah. To, like, let's back it up. Like, and I find that if I don't have, like, adequate excitement about the upcoming wherever this is going to go that it's like kind of hard for me to get into it and I'm like squirmy and I'm a little stilted like because I'm not like total and I'm also very ticklish (laughs) so so, like I need to like get past a phase to be like totally in my body otherwise I'm like in kind of like my brain and like tickle zone and whatever and, like, I just, like, I like the back and forth of, like, you know, setting a boundary and then kind of, like, 
in five minutes or 10 minutes or whatever, just be like reevaluating it. Mm. Like the first time, okay, let's just say, for example, you've been, you've been on a couple dates with someone, you haven't done anything, but like the tension is building. There's just like this build of tension. And for whatever reason, you're not really ready to like be wholly intimate with them. Like, and so you're making out and that's all you've done so far. And there is nothing will ever be as good as that first make out ever. (laughs) Or like the, like the excitement that you feel. And like, for me at least, like before it goes any further, like if it went any further, you will never be able to have that tension-filled makeout again. Oh my god, that's so <laughs> fatalistic. I hope that, I hope that you will, that there are different ways that one I just, can have, it, it, that, that you can generate that kind of excitement. I've been trying to find ways to build the same tension, and I just cannot recreate it if I've, you know, gone past that point with yeah. somebody. And so I really like to, like, cling to that moment, and I think in, like, having a really, like, teasy, long before the sex or whatever you guys end up doing yeah. is a way to, like, recreate a little bit of that, like, first tension. I'm I'm talking with, like, someone you've been having intimate relations with, with for a while, obviously, but that doesn't have to be the case um, at all. But, yeah... Well, I think that th- that we do have a tendency to put an emphasis on, for example, like to put an emphasis on penetration, to yeah. put an emphasis on orgasm, to put an emphasis on intercourse, to put an emphasis on certain kinds of sex as that's sex. Yeah. And all of the other stuff. Like is... it doesn't count. Yeah. It's just like, it's like a, a means to an end. Right. And... You know, even when you think about some of the ways that we talk about sex, there's a hierarchy of first base, second base, third base, home run. And even in talking right now, I'm finding it hard to, like, articulate this in a way that, like, I'm trying to avoid using language like that, and I'm finding myself struggling. Right, because that's how... That's how we talk about it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um... So, but part of what you're saying is that, so part of what you're talking about when you're talking about teasing is really talking about foreplay and the fact that maybe you're feeling horny, maybe you're feeling passionate, maybe you're feeling really excited about consummating your attraction to someone or whatever it is that is your motivation for consensual adult sex. Um... But that sometimes taking a step back and slowing it down can make the whole experience more pleasurable, more satisfying, more passionate, and maybe even create better connection and better of all the things that people want to get out of sex. Yeah, and I, you know, I think there's um, a little bit more like dialogue. Mm hmm. Uh, at that stage of intimacy and I like a dialogue and I think there's just more like fun and like play and yeah. like I kind of like I like silliness I yeah. like goofiness like do you mean dialogue um in terms of verbal conversation or do you mean like bodies talking I mean verbal conversation okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know like and I kind of like the you know like like the constant back and forth of like kind of checking in like Mm -hmm. I find that like really like I find that like hot and to like take it like step by step yeah to just be like okay we're gonna do this now and like I'm not sure if I want to do anything more than this but you know maybe if you ask me in a little bit do you I could be game yeah do you like talking dirty and this is, by the way, not... Whoa. Okay. I've just had this conversation with someone recently. But and I just... Can I just disclaim and say that this... 
I, I love it when you talk about like your personal desires and your personal experiences, but this can also be more general. I don't want you yeah. to feel like I'm, uh, you know, interrogating you oh, and no, your no, sex no. life. I just like only know how to relate to myself. I get, you know, like I, I, I don't want to like speak in general, I guess. Sure. Just, Whatever you're comfortable with. Just because with. <laughs> I, I can, I don't know. I can't speak to everyone. Perhaps. Of course. Um, I think dirty, I would love it if one of my partners was really good at it but I've never met anyone who has and it's really hard yeah I think you like need someone who is good at it to like initiate it mm. and I mean but that's also my personality or like my sex persona I guess like I really need someone to like show me the like like lead me like I need a little bit of like someone to show me yeah yeah, you yeah. were saying that earlier, too. Yeah, and I think that's, like, part of the reason why I and maybe other people like teasing, like, in the uh, being teased, that is, I'm speaking to being teased, um, you know, because I, I, I don't like being totally in charge. Yeah. You know, like, I, of, I like to, like, get to a point where I can, like, slowly build up like a surrender of like my body in a way oh that's really sexy <laughs> you know well, it- one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress uh it's a it's a t-shirt until you tried it on same goes for your health care that's why united Healthcare offers a variety of flexible budget-friendly coverage for medical vision dental and more so whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. And I like to get to that point, but if I don't have adequate coaxing, yeah, then I might not get there. Well, isn't it interesting? I feel like so part of what you're talking about is. Um, wanting uh, a partner to initiate, wanting a partner to be dominant, wanting a partner to, uh, to use the word instigate. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and, and then that person is coaxing you or teasing you. The truth of the matter is, is that of course it actually does end up once that person sort of sets it going, then you are also teasing back and it's, yeah. a, it's an exchange and a, a conversation. I was being glib talking about bodies talking, but yeah, I, I mean, I love, I love a combination of that. I love it when people are talking dirty in a way that's establishing consent. Like I yeah. really want to do this to you. Would you like that? You would yeah. look, it would be so, you know, it would be really hot if I would do this thing to you. You look so good when, I do X, Y, Z to you, and then you're like, yes, baby, I really want you to do that, or no, I wouldn't really like that, but can we do this other thing? Yeah. And then it is, it's a give and take. I mean, what what you're talking about as being a bottom or wanting to be more submissive is not about being passive at all. No, I, I don't think I'm being passive. Yeah. And I don't think people who are, you know, I would net, like, passive isn't what it is. It's just more, I mean, it's like the role I like to play, I suppose. Yeah, I really think that when you strip away the sort of trappings of those roles, they really actually are quite equal. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not like, when it comes to sex, if somebody's in charge, that person is not actually in charge of you, unless that's something that you discussed, discussed, (laughs) you know, which is totally groovy and I'm all about that. But in, uh, for a lot of people, when you, when you take charge in bed or you take charge, even if you're playing at a kinky scene, you don't, you're not actually the master of the person that you're taking Mm -hmm. charge over. It's just sexy to feel physically, to feel the intention of someone, to feel their their passion yeah for you right yeah and like i want that you know yeah i want that what tell me more about what that is that you want you know i just like i want someone to like really want me mm-hmm. but like i also kind of like and i think maybe 
this is what's appealing about teasing is like, um, you know, playing with the boundaries a little bit can like create more desire. Yeah. You know, it, you know, it's like, oh, we're not really there yet. Like you have to wait. And like that, and like, I think that goes back to like the building of the tension that I was talking about and like reaching, um, a metaphorical climax of desire, <laughs> yeah, which will hope maybe ultimately lead to, you know, an actual climax. Yeah. You know, so here's hoping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. So, so you, so am I making sense? You are making sense. Okay. Let, well, let's talk about some practical things. So let's say, let's say that we were giving that we were giving people advice that people are are listening to this and they're mm-hmm. like, okay, well, uh, you know, they're making it sound really appealing. So like, how can I bring more teasing into my sex life? You know, or somebody is hearing yeah. what you're describing and saying, oh, I I really would like to provide that thing that Mitra is describing. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. how how can people tease and be teased? I think the easiest way is like physical barriers. <laughs> so like clothing. Yeah. One, you know, I kind of really like to slowly um remove the layers. Yeah. And like I kind of really like being touched over my clothes. I find it almost better. Mhm. In a lot of times. Um, and it, like, it leads to a point of wanting to then ultimately, like, be skin to skin, I guess. Sorry, that sounds really weird. Skin, no, skin, skin to skin. skin. No, it sounds, that sounds great, actually. Um, and, and I think, so there, that's one. Well, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, so that's one, and I, yeah. I mean, I'm, I really relate to that too. I mean, I, I definitely can think of like, if somebody, if somebody just rips off all my clothes and starts, you know, well, that can be nice too, but that can be nice in certain circumstances, but also, you know, if somebody just like goes straight for, for example, like if somebody just like puts their fingers in my pussy, like within like two minutes of making out. There are some circumstances where that is really great. Yeah. And I'm not knocking it. However, if somebody touches me outside my pants and then takes off the pants and then touches me outside my panties, it's make it makes it makes me physically like it makes my pussy like yearn for it like a like a chained up dog that is like yeah. straining on its leash. Uh-huh. You know, I'm just yeah. comparing my own Pussy uh-huh. to a junkyard dog here. No, <laughs> nobody else's. But, you know, whereas, like, if you just, like, go right up to it, it's like, oh, well, I, there's not as much of a response there. Yeah, like, make me want this. Yeah. You know? Well, I think that there's also something to it where when somebody shows their own restraint, then it is that's just that's just sexy when somebody can pace themselves yeah in that way and and then you know that they i mean it's a sign of respect but it's also um a sign that somebody i think it's a sign that somebody has sexual skills yeah you know which isn't to say that it's disrespectful to just like tear off all your clothes and tumble into bed but um it can be a sign that you're actually interested in the other person's pleasure and you're interested yeah. in, in, yeah, in, in, in like nuance and, you know. Yeah, it is really nuanced. Um, I think other ways to be effective teasers, let me think. Um, I think that, like I was talking about, like checking in and just like going step by step, like, yeah. You know, if there is a hierarchy, then to follow it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. If the hierarchy exists, then to, like, adhere to it. and yeah. Or, like, to not, like, if you're, you know, like, kissing, like, my neck and chest instead of, like, my mouth or, like, my tits. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, slowly getting to that, like my inner thighs instead of my pussy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, 
and like keeping that restraint. It's like, I know you want to go down on me and I want you to go down on me. But like the longer that you don't, the more like insane I am going right now in a really good way. Yeah. 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 Yeah, definitely. Um, I was going to say something and now I forgot what it was because, um, that was distracting. Um, I know. I'm like <laughs> kind of turned on right now. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's, that's what not, we're here for. That's what, I mean, yeah, we're, we're here to talk about arousal. So, um, do you also think that it's true for long-term relationships? Both. Yeah. 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 So even if you have gone down on somebody a million times, there's still something sexy to showing that um, restraint and yeah, making them really want it. Yeah, like, let's recreate that first-time tension. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, think, uh, you know, speaking as someone who is in a kind of a long-term relationship right now, like, um, like I don't ever want, like, sex to feel, like, utilitarian. Mm -hmm. Like, it, like, you know, we're just here to get off, which, like, sometimes, you know, we might be, and that's fine. It's like, we're tired, we just want to go to bed, and, like, I just want to... I just want to rub one out like yeah. you know yeah. oh I relate to that for sure yeah. you know like that's fine too but you know I also like want to really like revel in pleasure yeah reveling I think is a good word for it yeah like I want to take the time to like really enjoy each other's company yeah well it makes me think <laughs> about um what poly people call new relationship energy, right? I think that sometimes people... The lust. Yeah, well, I think that sometimes people ha struggle in long-term sexual relationships, really, whether they're monogamous or not, because mm -hmm. that familiarity feels like the opposite of the novelty that comes with the beginning of getting to know somebody, what it's like to go to bed with somebody that you don't know everything about. Mm -hmm. um, that's its own sort of psychological teasing. Yeah. Right? And I mean, even if you've been, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, having sex with the same person for a while, I think there still is discovery to be had. Like you just need to be creative. Absolutely. And, you know, you need to, like, talk about it and, like, see if you can, if this is maybe is a good idea, you know? Like, there, there is always new discovery, like, <laughs> uh, just thinking about my boo. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, tried a new move the other day. <laughs> I was really proud of it. And it was, yeah, it was fun. Like, it was nice. I enjoyed it. I'm glad that happened. <laughs> I mean, and also the part of the enjoyment comes from knowing that your partner wants to keep things fresh and cares yeah. about that. Like, I don't, you know, I, you know, sometimes I think we get caught in, like, habit and just like, well, this works and it's great, but, yeah. you know, it gets a little stale sometimes. Yeah. You know, and so there's always room to, like, I don't think there's a way to have done all the things. Yeah. Like. No, there's always something new to there's do. There's something new to do. Definitely. You know? And, like, especially when you're comfortable with somebody, like, and you feel safe, like, you can go there. Well, it's interesting, I mean. If I, you want. If you want. Of course. Always. If you want. I, in my experience, I have seen in a lot of different ways that one of the fundamentals of human desire is wanting what you can't have or what you think you can't have. And I think sometimes that manifests itself in really, um, fucked up ways, but it's something that we can use as a, you know, as a toy or as a tool. Um, and so even if you, for example, like it may seem more exciting to, flirt with somebody new but actually you really want to be intimate with your partner mm -hmm. right so sometimes with teasing your partner it seems like you and of course this is of course all like consensual stuff and not like emotionally manipulative teasing because mm -hmm. that's something entirely different um but if you can sort of 
tease your partner a little bit and recreate that sense of like what if you couldn't have me like what if you had to like earn the right to take my clothes off by doing mm-hmm. whatever it is that I want you to do that's exciting for a lot of people because it that's one way I think to recreate that new relationship energy mm-hmm. yeah so let's I want to ask you about the unfortunate stereotypes that sort of negative pejorative stereotypes that come up for me when we talk about this the first one that comes to mind is the idea of a cock tease mm-hmm. right so like when i say cock tease what do you what does that make you think of mm, that just like makes me feel like there's some like sex entitlement right that like yeah that it just makes me think that people feel like they're entitled to have sex and to largely women's bodies. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Which they don't. They don't. <laughs> just in case anybody was unclear. <laughs> did you see that um that schema that somebody made that was like, when is when does a woman owe you sex? And it's like a flow oh, it's a flow chart. It's a flow chart. I didn't click on it because I knew where it was going. And it was sure. probably it just was like never. <laughs> yeah, right. And of course everything always going back to <laughs> conclusion. Thanks that we thanks for clearing that up. Yeah. Um but um Right. Well, it goes back to what we were talking about before with because we are people who do journalism that is related to sexuality. Mm-hmm. People are like, oh, well, you're just teasing us. So now, you know, we're entitled to talk to you about sex. We're entitled to treat you sexually inappropriately. We're entitled to assume that mm-hmm. you will be DTF. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And as you were saying, it's really just an entitled... Yeah. Sexist assumption. Yeah. And, like, nothing more. Yeah, I mean, when I think of the stereotype of what people say when they say a cock tease, it's just somebody who is, like, a woman who is sexual who will... It's like, it's just like a flirt. Yeah. And, obviously, people like flirting. Yeah. People really like flirting. Yeah. Flirting, I guess, is a way of teasing, right? A little bit. I mean, that's, like, kind of the idea, but, you know, flirting's awesome. I love flirting. Yeah. Everyone loves flirting. I don't know. I love flirting. Yeah. <laughs> what do you love about flirting? I don't know. I just, like, sometimes with some people, my charm and my wit is on point, and I'm constantly impressed with myself. <laughs> and, like, you know... I think I grew up not thinking I was, like, particularly attractive, and being able to, like, conquer someone who I think is out of my league Mm. by way of just being incredibly charming and, like, a good flirt is very satisfying. I'm playing a game (laughs) with myself. (laughs) It's like, can I do this? Yeah. In fact, I can. (laughs) You totally can. Yeah. You know? And so... Yeah, I I think sometimes, like, uh, just seeing, you know, and I'm not always successful, obviously, because, like, half the time when you're flirting with someone, you don't even know what their situation is. Sure. Like, you don't know if they're available, if they're in a place where they could do that. You don't know if they're in a relation. Like, there's so many things. You have no idea. And in that way, when, like, Which is, like, one of the things that kind of irritates me sometimes when I'm in bars or just, like, I don't know, consuming whatever. Like, what are the situations in which this has happened? I'm trying to think. It just seems like people are frustrated. I've been in a lot of situations when I'm with people when they are frustrated, when they are flirting Or talking to strangers, and it doesn't really, like, turn into the magical romance that they thought it was going to turn into. It's like, what do you expect? You're talking to a stranger. Yeah. It's like, just because someone is, like, charming and is a good conversationalist and is, like, you know, or really friendly. Yeah. Which sometimes gets confused as flirting. They're almost the same thing. Right. (laughs) You know? Uh, You know, I, like, you can't 
be upset about that. You can't expect. And I've seen all kinds of people do this. Yeah. You know, not just men, everybody. Yeah. Be kind of annoyed and irritated that the person that they were talking to who they thought they were flirting with, they, in fact, probably were not. Yeah. You know, or maybe they were, but, like, it can stay there and that's okay and you can't be mad about that. Well, the sad thing is why can't people... I mean, this goes back to what you were saying about... about so this is kind of like social teasing and you were talking about more like sensual teasing. Mm-hmm. It kind of goes back to what you were talking about before where you were like, well, why can't this be the best part or why can't this be like a big part of it? Why can't you just enjoy flirting without thinking that it you are entitled to it leading somewhere it necessarily has to leave somewhere in order to be worthwhile. Right. It's like we still had a great conversation. Like, isn't that enough? Yeah. Like, I think that should be enough. You know, and there might be that moment where... Like, you can be disappointed. Yeah, you can can be... be a little bummed. Yeah, you can be disappointed, and then you should probably just, like, fucking get over it. Yeah. And, like, you know, there's a million other people, excuse me, out in the world. To flirt with. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, I'm wondering, um, I wanted to ask you about strip teasing Mm -hmm. and how, you know, clearly there's something about teasing that is really popular, for example, where, um, going to a strip club, really sort of the idea of that, because you don't go to a strip club to have sex, Mm -mm. you go to a strip club to, you know, even really the idea of a lap dance is, um, really kind of foreplay. Oh my god. I've been to so many strip clubs. What is your, what are your emotions about strip clubs? Depending on the city, they can be really nice. Yeah. They can be kind of relaxing. Yeah. They can kind of be this nice anonymous place where you can just like drink a beer and look at some babes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And it can also be like a really fun place to go with your friends and just like kind of have like a mischievous evening, um, which has been a lot of my experience those two have been like a lot of my experiences at strip clubs gone with like really good friends of mine. And it's like always been fun. Um, it really is sort of like the uh, performance of foreplay. Yeah. And, uh, one time I went, I don't know like how, why if somebody bought, if I bought a lap dance, I don't know. And it was like incredibly arousing. Yeah. I don't know how so many, like largely men put themselves through that torture like <laughs> well i think because of what you were just describing that the torture is it, like i mean it was so nice but like i really wanted more like it was yeah. like it like that it, you know like i was so close <laughs> and it was so unbelievably like erotic and i like couldn't take it and like i mean I fucking think women are really hot. And so, like, it was really hard. I was just like, oh, my God, I'm never getting a lap dance again. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? It was just because, okay, when you're, like, intimate with someone, you know that if you want it, like, that there's this, a larger potential for it to, like, to lead to, like, an orgasm. Whereas in this situation, there was absolutely no potential of that. Unless... Until you go home. Until I go home, yeah. I suppose. Uh, I never really thought about it that way. That's true. Yeah. Then it's in the spank bank. Yeah. It still is. Oh, my God, that night. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, is there anything um, before we wrap up? Because I know you have to go to work. Um, yeah. Any, any sort of closing thoughts from this conversation? Or anything you want to leave the listeners with? No. I no? don't think so. Cool. Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe this episode itself will end up being a bit of a tease for people. Yeah, I'm super, like, really turned on right now. It sucks that I have to go to work right now. Well, if you want, I can just, you know, 
<laughs> I can go grab a coffee and, uh, and, and leave you here with your thoughts for a little while. That's funny. <laughs> I don't think that's strange. <laughs> like I don't think it's strange either. It's totally normal. <laughs> I totally agree. Well, maybe we'll just, uh, we'll leave we'll that. Leave, we'll leave that hanging. Yeah. I'll leave that mystery uh, yeah. of whether or not that happens. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming over and talking, Mitra. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. And everybody check out Audio Smut on, is there, is Audio Smut dot ca yep yeah because canada yeah audiosmut.ca and you can subscribe on itunes that's right okay awesome well thanks a lot no problem thank you i'd like to take a moment to thank my sponsors smitten kitten Smitten Kitten helps to make all my dirty, slutty dreams come true, and I know they can help you with yours, too. Whether you're in the Minneapolis area or just surfing the information superhighway, Smitten Kitten is the place I know, and I know a lot of places like this, to buy dildos and instructional books and porn and other romantic sundry items. So check them out at smittenkittenonline.com or go to their brick and mortar store in Minneapolis if you're in the area. Thanks for downloading or streaming episode 13. You can listen to every single episode of Wire People Into That for free on our fancy website, wirepeopleintothat.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Into That Podcast. And of course, I, as ever, am at Tina Horn's Ass. Please subscribe on iTunes as if your life depended on it and take a second to give us a rating or review. In a few short weeks, you'll get to hear the brilliant Connor Habib talking about ways you can transform orgasms into magic and use sex to fight the power. Till then, I'm Tina Horn, signing off. Call to time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs>